What are we discussing on today's podcast, you ask? Can the D-backs still make the postseason? Breaking down their odds and chances on today's podcast. And then part two with Sully Baseball of Lockdown MLB. Looking at some of the American League teams that have been disastrous post-trade deadline. Including Shohei Otani and the Los Angeles Angels. Discussing all that on today's Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24, downmyportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter, at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked on Dimebacks both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners sharing subscribing viewing doing all that so i could do this podcast for you thank you it's free and available on all platforms so please continue to tell your friends one of those platforms is youtube so please hit subscribe on the lock on diamondbacks youtube channel and for the audience today the youtube audience you will hear the video of me discussing the d-back chances of making the postseason, but for the audio audience, you will hear everything. Part two with Sully Baseball and this conversation I'm about to have. For the YouTube audience, go to the YouTube channel to see all the videos. I have everything laid out there. But let's jump right into it now and discuss the D-back chances of still making the postseason. Because if you can believe it, the D-backs at one point during the year were one of the favorites to make the postseason. Yes, I know that feels really unbelievable with how this D-backs team has played over the last couple months because if you can go back in the time machine for a little bit, reverse time, back to June 12th, flip the calendar back a couple months. You know on June 12th, the D-backs were 41-25. and 25. They were 16 games above 500, and according to fan graphs, they had an 80% chance of making the postseason, and... As it currently stands, the D-backs are just one game above 500. They've been free-falling out the standings since that June 12th date. They've been getting swept left and right. They've been getting shut out in these ball games. The offense has struggled to score. The bullpen has given up runs. Zach Gallen has looked shaky at times. Everything we knew about the D-backs from late March to mid-June that was a whole different team than what we've seen from mid-June to early August. It's two different ball clubs, and that first ball club was one of the best teams in baseball. The second ball club has been one of the worst teams in baseball, and the question for the D-backs is, can they get back to that first ball club? Because that first ball club is a team that makes the postseason how the D-backs are playing right now, if they continue this pace, the D-backs are not going to be anywhere near the postseason because... With the inclusion of the third wild card spot, which is only, this is only the second season of the third wild card spot. 
course, increases the chances the D-backs make the postseason. But I believe the D-backs do want to make the postseason. The minimum amount of wins that they probably need to make the playoffs is 87. Where did I get that number from? I just pulled up last year's wildcard standings. And the last team to make the playoffs was the Philadelphia Phillies with 87 wins. So I'm using that as just the barometer for the minimum amount of wins your team probably needs to make the postseason i'm thinking around 87 is going to be enough to get that final wild card spot again for the d-backs and with the d-backs at 57 wins i think we can all do that math very quickly the d-backs have to win 30 more games the rest of the season to get to that 87 win mark now the question is how many games are left the rest of the year i believe the number is 48 so the d-backs have go so the d-backs have to go 30 and 18 the rest of the way to get to that 87 win mark now that might seem impossible with how the d-backs have been playing the d-backs can definitely play at above a 12 uh, above a 12 game above 500 stretch they can do it because we saw them do it for a three month stretch but it's going to be tough for the D-backs to do it, and as of right now, for the rest of the season, Fangraphs is only putting the D-backs chances of making the postseason at 21%. It's currently below teams like the Cincinnati Reds, the Chicago Cubs, the Miami Marlins. They're basically the last good team, and the wildcard mix has the realistic chance of making the postseason. They basically have the worst odds of all the good wildcard teams have a realistic chance of making it. Of all the non-teams that are like eight games back, the D-backs have the worst chance of making the postseason of those teams, so... For them to do it, for them to go 30 and 18 the rest of their way would be pretty tough and pretty impossible because I was looking at the D-backs schedule the rest of the way. Even if you give the D-backs a win in every odd series and split every even series, that's not even enough. So what does that even mean? For every three-game series, I gave the D-backs two wins. And for every two-game or four-game series, I just made it an even split. And even if you do that the rest of the way, where the D-backs don't lose one series for the rest of the season, that still only gets the D-backs to 28 wins. So even if the D-backs don't lose a series for the rest of the year, they still don't get enough wins to crack 87 so the d-backs are not only going to have to go on a really hot tear they're going to have to get some sweeps here they're going to have to put together some winning streaks here some streaks of winning some sequences of winning together and it's not going to be easy because of how bad they've been playing it just doesn't seem very feasible but it is possible for the d-backs but to do it you're going to need you know the rookie of the year, Corbin Carroll, to get back on track. He's got like a 720 OPS in the second half of the season. He needs to get back. Guriel has been really hot the last week and a half, but still post-All-Star break, he's still at like a 620 OPS. Tommy Pham has yet to wake up. We need some of those McCarthys and Alec Thomases to get better in the second half as well. Perdomo would be nice if he woke up. Zach Gallon has like a 4.6 ERA in the second half of the season. He needs to be better. The bullpen ERA in the first half was a flat four in the second half the bullpen year right is above a seven they need to be better as well this team offense in the second half of the season has a below a 700 ops in the second half the team offense has not been good they've been able to get runners in scoring position opportunities the last four games but have not been able to convert those opportunities at all this D-backs team needs to get better in pretty much every phase of the ball game, and they have to do it soon because you got teams like the Chicago Cubs, teams like the San Diego Padres are coming. Like the Cubs were at one point 
I mean, if you just look at the All-Star break, the Cubs, even at the All-Star break, were still a team that was like, they're on the outside looking in. I'm not really taking the Chicago Cubs that seriously. And Sully Baseball was telling me, watch out for the Cubs. Don't sleep on the Cubs. And guess what? I was slumped on the Cubs. And now, even with a Stroman on the injured list, they are just winning a whole bunch of ball games. Candelario was a nice addition. Cody Bellinger is quite literally having a career season. It might be the best season we've ever seen from Cody Bellinger. Like, I need the D-backs to go get that man this offseason, throw him in right field because he's been phenomenal for the Cubs this year. I can't let the San Diego Padres pass the D-backs in the standings. Like, you can't have this whole season where I'm doing all these weekly crossovers with Javier Reyes where I'm making fun of the Padres and then the Padres end the season ahead of the D-backs. That absolutely cannot happen. So I need the D-backs to get better. My only issue is, who is going to step up and be, be the leader for this D-backs team? I don't just mean offensively at the plate. I just don't mean from a pitching perspective on the mound. I mean who's going to be the vocal leader, the emotional leader. Back during that 2018 World Series, Chris Sale, when the Red Sox were struggling, gathered everyone together and just ripped the heads off every player in that clubhouse. And that is what a leader does. Mad Bum in his prime used to get that team fired up with his actions, with the way he left it all out on the line, he, he he wore his heart on the sleeve and he just was fired up during those postseason stretch runs for the Giants. And who's going to be the emotional, the vocal leader for this team in the clubhouse? We need someone to step up because I don't like what our leadership is saying from the Toy Lovellos and the Mike Hazens of the world. I don't think we could look at them to get this D-backs clubhouse fired up. So which player is going to get it done? Is it going to be the Keto Martes, the Lords Guriel, the Corbin Carrolls, the Zach Allens, the Merrill Kelly? Is it going to be a young guy? Is it going to be a veteran? I don't know who it is, but the D-backs need a leader to rally everyone together and get the boys fired up. Now, we'll talk to Sully Baseball about some of the American League teams that have been struggling post-trade deadline. But first, I want to talk to you guys about eBay Motors because for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back because just like in sports confidence is the name of the game when you shop on ebay motors with over 122 million parts to choose from you'll be back in the game in no time after all it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed get the right parts the right fit and the right prices on ebaymotors.com let's ride ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply Don't forget to catch every D-backs pitch on their hometown broadcast when you download the Sirius XM app and search up Diamondbacks. By the way, I want to just uh, talk a little bit about a trivia question I brought up the other day, and uh, someone did get it right. Uh, I think it was who did get it. I should have had this up earlier, so forgive me. In fact, I'm going to cut this part out. Uh, give me a second. I, I, I lost the page here, so cut this out, Paul. Cut this part out. Um, okay, got it. Okay. All right. Hey, uh, trivia question was asked the other day. I said, what Rangers pitcher threw the complete game that was the first 
ever postseason victory in the history of the Texas Rangers. I got a couple of guesses. Um, my buddy Marcel in Switzerland guessed Kenny Rogers. Nope. In fact, Kenny Rogers was on the opposing team when this happened. Uh, Craig Brindle got it right. It was John Burkett. Oh, the, f- the first time the Rangers ever played a postseason game was in the 1996 division series against the Yankees and the Rangers won game one and Juan Gonzalez hit a couple of home runs and the Rangers won game one. It was John Burkett through a complete game victory for the Texas Rangers. So that's the answer to that. By the way, the Rangers won that game and they had leads late in games two and three. That series was almost a Texas Rangers sweep in 1996. And in that parallel universe, you would have had the Rangers sweep the Yankees and probably Joe Torrey would have been fired his first year with the Yankees. And um, the the cycle would have continued. And there's no way Joe Torrey would have been on in the Hall of Fame. So Joe Torrey should thank goodness that the Rangers had a terrible bullpen when they won the division in 1996. But the answer is John Burkett. So there you go. We talked about that when Bryce Patrick was on and we had a uh, – a nice, we had, we had a nice discussion about the Texas Rangers. Um, yeah, you made a great point about the fact that uh, you made a great point that the um, y- you saw the, the the American League teams that are falling apart. It, it's much it's much more damaging. Yeah, because the, the the cluster of what we have in in the National League has you could you could be. As I said, when some of the teams we were just casually mentioning, like, oh, what a disastrous month some of these teams have had. But the Marlins are only one game out in the loss column. Yeah. Yeah, the D-backs are only one game out in the loss column, despite all these horrible things happening. And none of these teams, you may have noticed, are exactly playing like the 1998 Yankees right now. But the Amer- the teams that have fallen apart in the the – I mean, look at the Yankees are in right down the middle of an absolute slugfest with the Astros, um, and actually that game's not over right now. Uh, it's nine to seven uh, as Ooh. we're recording this. Yeah, nice pitchers duel going on there. You know, the Yankees are on the outside looking in. Um, the terrible news about Domingo Herman and um, and being out for the rest of the year with uh, with his uh, you know being treated for his alcoholism. I mean, I'm I'm not making light of that. That's obviously just you know. I hope he gets his. I hope he gets the help he needs. Uh, just on a purely cold baseball level, that's taking away you know one pitcher from their from their rotation. Carlos Rodon might be injured, and he's yep. been a he's been an absolute disastrous bust of a signings in year one. This is this is Ed Whitson all over again for people my age. Ed Whitson was a, a big acquisition for the Yankees and he absolutely flopped. Uh more recent like uh, Carl Pavano, Kei Igawa. Guess what? It looks like we're gonna add Carlos Rodon to that list. And um and Severino's been awful. So I mean Garrett Cole has been a revelation. Garrett Cole has been spectacular. But, you know, do the Yankees have the pitching to make up four games in the standing? We know the Red Sox don't. And Seattle might. I don't know. 
but you're asking for a team like Toronto to fall apart, and Toronto is playing well. They're 13 games above 500 right now, and they have the talent that a lot of people are picking them to win the division. So, I mean, they're playing they're playing like the teams you're expecting. If you look at all the teams that are like the, the Rangers and the Orioles are playing very well, Minnesota is has won enough games that they're now four games above 500, so it's no longer – you know, a sub 500 team winning. And that means Cleveland is, is falling like a rock. Um, but man, I, I, I brought this up before the trade deadline. I brought this up in a video short. I shot someone wrote yawn uh, when I said this, but I'm not wrong. You may, it may make you fall asleep. The angels disastrous decision to not trade Shohei Otani. I said he had to do one of two things. Sign Shohei Otani. Find out what the number is and sign him. If you can't do that, you have to trade them. They did the worst possible thing was they did neither. They are now, a, as of this recording, they're a 500 team. They could be a sub-500 team again and get nothing for Shohei Otani. And each week this goes by, and they're falling further and further, the more disastrous this decision is going to be for for Anaheim. Well, at the time, I actually didn't mind what uh, the Angels were doing because if the Angels were playing good right now and they were in the wild card mix, I think we would have a different feeling about how they handled the deadline. But because it is going so poorly, and now it feels like with every day that they lose a game, it feels like the odds of Otani leaving is going to increase. But at the time, I was like, I'm pro what the Angels, the zag that the Angels did, where it's like, let's build the contender right now. Let's try to make the postseason. Let's try to contend while we still have this guy. And then maybe they'll convince him to stay as long as we give him the number that he wants you know, that that's the part find out what that number was whether or not they whether or not they acquired scherzer and verlander it didn't matter you had to say are you going to free i mean that was the key you know they made the the trade with giolito i was fine with that too they said we're going to go for it but that also has to go with and here's the contract otherwise you're just banking that lucas giolito is going to lead the team to victory He's been on this team for six seasons. They've had six seasons to build a contender. You know, this is not like, oh, now you're free. This is the team that's doing the homework on the bus. Oh, I forgot to do the homework. I'm on the bus. Now you're trying to put together a pitching staff? When you had yeah. Garrett Cole as a free agent a few years ago? You didn't get him, so we got Anthony Rendon. Oh, that's what the pitching staff needed. A third baseman who now can't even play. I'm sorry. I know people are tired of me saying this, but it just, it, it baffles me. And he is, there is a better chance that I'm signing with the Angels than Shohei Otani. Sully and I will wrap up the pod in just a second. But first, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, look at some of us need to have a place to talk about our life, talk about the bad up and downs that we've been having. It's been a stressful last bunch of years. And I'm not going to lie to you. You can't always go at it on your own. I've reached out with help. I've been in therapy. And you got to face sometimes some tough choices in your life. And the pathway to peace and happiness in your life, it's not always clear. And whether you're dealing with decisions about your career, 
I have sons who are about to start college. I had a death in my family not too long ago. All these things can happen at once. And if you're going to trust yourself to make those decisions, do you know what? You sometimes need to get some help. And that's why I would recommend BetterHelp. Now, look it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. And it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if it doesn't work, you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMLB to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnMLB. Don't forget to catch every D-backs pitch on their hometown broadcaster and download the SiriusXM app and search up Diamondbacks. I'm just I'm just not making it a 0% chance because I do think Otani would prefer to stay with the Angels as long as the Angels pony up the money, which at the end of the day is going to be the biggest question. But I do think because humans are emotional creatures, if the Angels were to make the postseason, if they were on track to make the yeah, postseason, then but have they're like not. A- and then had like an ALCS run. Maybe Otani's like, you know what? The vibes are good once again. I see the Angels front office finally doing some things. I want to resign. But the money could be the same whether they made the postseason or not made the postseason. But helping making the playoffs could have changed the Otani destiny. And then if you still offer the money and you don't make the playoffs, maybe Otani's like, you know what? If the Dodgers are going to offer the same amount, I'm just going to go there because I know they're never going to be a winner here in Anaheim um, at the very least. But I just thought it was kind of funny just because uh, maybe not funny, but looking at the Rodon contract and just talking about that free agent class the last year, because they're so loaded. When you look at a lot of these deals for the players, uh, a lot of these players have not lived up to their contracts this season. Mm-hmm. We go from DeGrom to Correa to Turner to Rodon to Bogart to Dansby Swanson. I mean, Aaron judge has been in and out the lineup. Like basically every top 10 highest paid player from this past off season has either been hurt this year or has super underperformed that contract. And I just think, I don't know if we're going to have another reckoning in the, in the near future with how we see an MLB free agents, you know, back in the, 2017 2018 2019 class when it felt like superstars weren't signing until spring training now the last couple of free agent classes like these contracts were handed out super quick all these players were getting these nine ten year deals i wonder if we're going to have another reckoning soon when we get to the free agency class and you're like you know what maybe i don't want to hand out these long-term deals i think there's a couple of factors first of all i think there's a better chance that otani plays for the devils than he does play for the angels but that's a whole different story wow. okay. um switching sports um I think there was there was another issue going on when like remember when Machado and Bryce Harper were floating around and they didn't sign until well into yeah you know, well into spring training. Um, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that no one was sure about the upcoming uh, uh, labor agreement. So I do think that that was that was that was a looming factor. That you know there was there was a collective bargaining agreement was going to end, and they couldn't be a hundred percent sure if, you know if there was going to be a work stoppage or anything like that. I th- I think that probably played a little bit bit of a of an issue um, for the when you had two MVP candidates just floating there. Um, yeah, I think it's funny that when you look, the Yankees desperately need left-handed power 
and infield depth. And, you know, Bryce Harper and Manny Machado were just sitting there. All it cost, all it would have cost them was money. Um, it wouldn't would even cost a draft pick to bring in Machado. Uh, and it's just surreal that they wound up bringing in essentially Isaiah Kiner Falefa and Andrew Benintendi instead. I think they would be fine now if they had Harper and Machado, but that's a different thing yeah. altogether. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, you have had some free agents contracts recently pan out well, and you've had some be disastrous. The thing that I'm wondering is the fact that there is a real possibility that the top three payrolls in baseball will miss the playoffs altogether. And if that's the case, um, I don't think people are going to be slashing payroll, but I think it's going to put a lot more emphasis on play on the money being put into player development rather than signing the big, huge honking free agents. Um, I do think there's going to be, uh, I do think there's going to be a reluctance to sign older players. If the game is getting more athletic, if the game is getting more fast paced. Um, and I think that that's, um, I think that will, that's, that will be a dangerous part of this team of the, of the future. But um, yeah, and I think what's happened with the Mets is going to be a little bit of a warning sign, you know, like, Hey, you can't just, you can't just sign every big free agent, expect everything to click. Same thing with San Diego, but watch San Diego win, watch the Cubs freaking win. But yeah, you're right. This it's, this is why you can't always do the, who are the winners and who are the losers of an off season until the next off season. I think, I think one thing you and I should do. Uh, this November is take a look at all the major deals from last off season and see which ones panned out and which ones didn't. Oh yeah. That would be a, a super fun um, episode to do My one final point on this AL wildcard race. And tell me if you feel the same way. Do you feel like there's actually only one wildcard spot up for grabs in the American league? Because that top spot yeah. is going to go to either Baltimore or Tampa. Oh Bay. yeah. Oh absolutely. And I'm starting to think less and less that that third one is up for grabs. Okay. Uh, I think, no, abso- I absolutely agree with you. I think, you know, either Baltimore or Tampa, Houston, and, I think, is a lock. I don't care it, if it's only a half game. No, 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 Houston, no, Houston, Houston has the talent to do it. So it's you're gonna have Baltimore, Tampa, Texas, Houston. Those are four that are in there. Obviously, Minnesota because of the central. Yeah. Um, Toronto is a very talented team with a lot of talented players. And the and I think the X factor is Alec Manoa. I think Alec Manoa, if he pitches well, um, that's like acquiring a another starter. And I think that that's, you know, that you traded bad Alec Manoa for good Alec Manoa. Um, but uh, I think, uh, I think Toronto is going to get, I mean, it, it, they'll have to have an absolute collapse and, you know, the Yankees Mariners Red, or Red Sox, or, you know, maybe nominally the angels uh, will have to go on a major run. And I don't see any of those teams having the horses to make a real major run, especially the Red Sox who got swept. You got to win those head to head games. You got to absolutely win those head to head games. And they got swept. So what are you going to do? I was going to say, if you had to pick a AO wildcard team from that second tier, a wildcard from that second tier wildcard contenders from the Mariners to the angels, if you had to pick one of those teams to potentially get hot for a couple of weeks at the end of the season, who would you pick? Seattle, Seattle. Seattle. I don't trust the Yankees pitching staff. I don't trust the Red Sox depth. I don't trust the Angels at all. The Mariners are a talented team. 
Um, so I think the you know if of that group, yeah, just those would, four teams of that group. Yeah, but I don't see any of them re- realistically making that big run. No, and the Blue Jays still got some upside in the second half. I mean, Bo Bichette has been hurt recently, too. So if you get him, too, for your stretch run, Dalton Varsho, I still think he's a second-half baseball player, so maybe he could get hot as he's had a pretty down season as well. So I still think there's X factors there for the Blue Jays. Meanwhile, you look like you look at a team like the Yankees. Players are starting to get hurt. Team like the Red Sox, I mean, Trevor Story, isn't he in double-A, triple-A right now? And Chris Sale. Uh, Chris Sale's going to come up soon. I mean, yeah, it would be fun. I just don't see it happening. That's it for this edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. Talk with Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padres. Thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. If you do listen every day, put hashtag every day in the comment section on YouTube. Don't forget to catch every D-backs pitch on their hometown broadcast when you download the Sirius XM app and search up Diamondbacks. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Doses.